Welcome to another episode of PEM Current, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brad Soboleski, and this is episode two of the second season of our Toxic Healthy series that is a joint effort between Susan Mazur and I. In this episode, we're going to get into the weeds on marijuana and cannabinoid toxicity. And I don't mean to be blunt, but with more widespread availability, unintentional exposures, especially to little children, is becoming more of a chronic problem. So take it away, Susan. Let's start today off with a case of something that's becoming more and more common in pediatric emergency medicine. This is a previously healthy two-year-old boy who presents ataxic and somnolent. This morning, he was found eating a brownie from grandma's purse. Symptoms started a few hours later. What is going on? Well, this is a case of pediatric marijuana ingestion, which is becoming common in the United States because of increased availability of marijuana products in people's homes. So let's talk a little bit about the product we call marijuana, which is also known as cannabis, weed, or pot. It's a plant that's commonly used for its psychoactive effects. It's also used medicinally for conditions like chronic pain and sometimes as an appetite stimulant for patients with cachexia. Ways to consume marijuana include inhalation through smoking or vaping and ingestion in edible forms such as baked goods, candies, and beverages. Exposure of kids and teens to marijuana products has increased because of the increased availability of both medical and recreational marijuana in recent years. On top of that, sometimes marijuana is baked into brownies, candies, and other shapes that may be appealing to young kids. THC, otherwise known as delta-9-tetrahydrocannabinoid, is the main psychoactive component in marijuana and is responsible for most symptoms seen after marijuana use. This is the chemical that causes the marijuana high. THC is a different compound from CBD or cannabidiol, which also comes from a marijuana or a hemp plant, but does not typically cause psychogenic effects. CBD is sold and promoted for easing anxiety, insomnia, and chronic pain, among other ailments. Because it's produced from plants that are bred with low concentrations of THC, it's advertised as THC-free, but may have some residual THC in the CBD product and cause a positive tox screen. For the purposes of the rest of this podcast, we'll be talking about THC-containing products and not CBD. In the U.S., marijuana rules are different state by state. In general, marijuana is sold in either recreational or medical marijuana shops. Over time, marijuana has been decriminalized or legalized in many states. So you will see marijuana ingestion more commonly no matter almost where you live in the United States. One of the first states to decriminalize marijuana was Colorado. And the Colorado Children's Emergency Department did a great study looking at pediatric accidental exposure to marijuana products when medical marijuana was decriminalized in 2009. So they looked at a case series of kids less than age 12 who had unintentional marijuana exposure. They found that these kids most often got into baked goods containing marijuana, and often this was grandparents' medical marijuana. 
And when they looked at the symptoms in these pediatric patients who were unintentionally exposed to marijuana products, they found that none of them had what we typically consider the marijuana effect or the marijuana high. In fact, many of them had concerning neurological symptoms like ataxia, somnolence, CNS depression, seizure-like or hyperkinetic activity, apnea or bradypnea, and also some prolonged symptoms. So again, none of these kids were having fun. None of them felt high. None of them had the munchies. What they looked like were sleepy, ataxic, and really concerning to providers, especially if a history of exposure to marijuana products was not known or not offered. Often these patients underwent lots of testing, head imaging, and consultation before this diagnosis was made. Many of them were admitted to the hospital, and they all ultimately did well. But this study points out the importance of having a high suspicion for marijuana exposure, ordering a tox screen early if you suspect exposure, and asking the family about accessibility of marijuana in the home. Treatment for Children with marijuana poisoning is mostly supportive. If your tox screen is positive and your history is consistent, it may mean that you don't need any additional testing. However, if these patients have neurological symptoms, they may require admission, supportive care, ABC support until symptoms resolve. Let's talk a little bit more about toddlers or young children ingesting marijuana, and then we'll go on to teenagers. So for toddlers, we know that kids mistake edible marijuana like gummy bears, brownies, lollipops, etc. for regular food and likely eat it unknowingly. Small children are at higher risk based on their size and weight of having a more serious marijuana poisoning. Because edible products have a higher concentration of marijuana, the symptoms are more severe, especially the smaller the child. Again, it's really important to ask families about the availability of marijuana at home because often the family does not know that the child got into an edible product. Talking about marijuana today compared to in the past, it's been bred to be more potent than 40 years ago, for example, with plants containing up to 12% of the psychoactive component THC. And then specifically in edibles, they have a higher concentration of THC and there's a longer time for the product to peak when it's ingested because it needs to be absorbed through the GI tract versus just inhaled through the lungs. The effects are also a lot longer compared to the effect that one would get from smoking or vaping marijuana. After smoking or vaping, the onset of symptoms is quick and symptoms quickly resolve as well. In contrast, after ingestion of marijuana in the form of food, the onset of symptoms can take as long as one to four hours, and symptoms can last for many hours. A condition that's more specific to teenagers and also adults is cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome, or CHS. CHS is a cyclic vomiting and abdominal pain syndrome that results from frequent long-term use of marijuana. The question you wanna ask if you suspect that your patient may have CHS is how do hot showers feel to you? When patients have CHS or vomiting that is induced by marijuana use, often their symptoms are relieved by taking frequent hot showers. This is so common that it's actually proposed to be one of the diagnostic criteria for CHFs. The important thing to know besides having a high suspicion for asking about CHS in a patient 
who is vomiting repeatedly, is that symptoms will go away within a day or two after stopping marijuana use and almost always come back if you start using marijuana again. Besides supportive care like antiemetics, IV fluids, and benzodiazepines, some studies have showed, have showed that topical capsaicin placed on the abdomen may relieve some of the symptoms associated with CHS. So it's important, again, to have a high level of suspicion for marijuana use in teenagers who present with chronic vomiting and ask about hot showers and marijuana use. So in summary, consider marijuana exposure in the differential diagnosis for toddlers with rapid onset unexplained symptoms like ataxia and somnolence. Think about sending a urine toxicology screen early in addition to doing a really good history and physical exam. For teens with unexplained vomiting, ask about hot showers, think about CHS or cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. Remember that now more than ever, there are a wide variety of marijuana products, both edible and also used in vaping. Because of this increased availability, there are lots more unintentional poisonings because these items are in people's homes more commonly. So when you're talking to families, marijuana should be treated as any other drug or medicine and kept up high and out of reach of children. Marijuana and edible products should be kept in their original, hopefully child-resistant packaging. And edible products should not be kept or stored with any other non-marijuana food products. And remember to contact your local poison center. The phone number is always 1-800-222-1222 if you see a patient with marijuana poisoning so they can document the demographics of that patient and help you with any questions that you have. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Well, that's all for this episode of Pem Currents, the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Podcast. This was episode two of the second season of our toxicology series. The final episode will focus on vaping and liquid nicotine. Remember that you can get CME and MOC part two by listening to this podcast episode and completing just a couple of multiple choice questions. Details are in the show notes and on pemblog.com, which, as you may have heard, is an educational site focused on pediatric emergency medicine. If you'd like to, follow me on Twitter at PemTweets. Check out the Facebook page, and if you've got time, do Susan and I a favor and leave a review or a comment. We'd really appreciate the feedback. Until next time, this has been Brad Soboleski.